Welcome back to the Glitter Podcast, a uh, bonus episode of The Politics One with the same people who we'll get into in a moment, but uh, part two of The Politics One where we just talk about politics with, like I said, my three panelists, and we got cut off last time, but we're going to do the other half of the questions we have, and yeah, this is essentially just a way to close out what we started last time, so I am, of course, your host, Alejandro, and my co-host is... Emily. And I guess we can do this... Uh, clockwise, we have we are joined by uh, Nick, Avery, Luke. So yeah, welcome back, uh, the four of you, to this politics episode. So uh, last time we talked about everything from just voting to I believe we ended on uh, healthcare. So we'll just pick up where we left off, and we'll just do the next question, which is: What steps should be taken to fight the war on drugs? Okay, um, I'll start off. Sure. Uh, I think drug um, policy around drug and addiction in our country is probably one of the most misguided areas that we currently exist in. I think we have such a misunderstanding of how addiction works and how we treat it. And so what we see is we have something like the opioid epidemic that has just continued for years and years and years. And it's like people are like, we got to stop this, we got to stop this. And just nothing happens. So I would say the first step to facing the opioid or to facing um, addiction and drug abuse in general is we look at what's really the issue and what is it. That I think to me that means that we fully legalize marijuana in all 50 states and we um, de- and anyone who's currently in jail because of marijuana related charges as long as they're nonviolent is released. And when we do that, first of all, it would expand the economy. It would clear up prisons, meaning we have more taxpayer money to spend on dealing with actual drug abuse. And then it's a lot less to worry about. And then when we're looking at hard drugs, the issue I kind of see with it is that we, we treat addiction fully as a, as a crime and not as a disease, even though it functions exactly like a disease. So... To deal with that, what we need to do is we need to take a long, hard look, say, why are we throwing these people into jail instead of actually doing something to help them with their addiction? Because that does nothing. They go to jail, they're released, and they get back on those drugs because they've done nothing to be rehabilitated. So any drug um, legislation, I think we need to first and foremost be aimed at rehabilitation instead of um, criminalization. Um, We also need to take a long, hard look at our pharmaceutical industry and how medicine is prescribed so so that we're ensuring that we aren't creating these um, we aren't creating drug addictions to legal prescriptions that people have that spiral out of control. Alright. Anyone else want to add anything? I mean, I agree with just about everything you said, honestly. Um, Yeah, I think marijuana should be legal. That's very important because it's doesn't kill people, it doesn't harm them, and if, long as it's only legal for people above, like, 18 or 21, whatever, um, I think it, like, it should be legal, there's no, and, you know, like, what you said about the pharmaceutical companies, they've essentially made it, so there are so many people who are addicted to opioids, and they get on heroin, and they overdose and die, and, and that's, like, one of the biggest issues that, that's, 
One of the most interesting solutions I've actually seen, I don't know if it's a solution for America, but what they do is they create safe injection sites. So in some of these countries, it is legal to do heroin as long as you do it at these safe injection sites. And you go in and they give you a pure version of the drug and a clean needle and um, a sterile site to do it. And so that way, although they're still addicted to heroin, they're not dying from disease like a lot of people suffer from. Which I think is... I think we should look at all of the solutions, and I think it'll be a process. It'll be a lot of research. I think that's number one. We need to devote a lot of research to how we can deal with the addiction, the disease. Yeah, uh, I would agree with both of you. I think we do need to legalize marijuana. I think we need to tax it high. And I think you're right. We need to stop treating this just as a, um, a criminal um, thing, but also as a public health hazard. Um, we do need to expunge the records of current and previous um, people who have been, you know, put in jail for marijuana charges. I think we also need to talk about how the war on drugs um, disproportionately affects communities of color and low-income communities, um, despite drug usership being the same across racial lines. Because um, this kind of goes into trying to reform the criminal justice system then, um, which for Kamala she has been, you know, devoted her life to trying to do that. Um, we do need to close for-profit prisons who literally just benefit off of incarcerating people. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, because they, what they do is they tell the state, they say, this is how many people we need in our prisons. Mm -hmm. And so what you see is you see these bogus drug arrests. You'll see, yeah. I, I, I listen to this podcast about the prison system in New York City yeah. and how they have this system where basically it said, this is how many people you need to arrest. And so what would happen is these, these kids, these teenagers who are just living their lives in the city would, would be arrested for loitering because they needed that in their system. And it's, it's an absurd, it's a broken system fueled by for-profit yeah. industries. Yeah. Um, and I think another aspect of this, too, you know, we talked about um, communities of color being disproportionately affected, but also community, like poorer communities. Yeah, class-based. Um, yeah. Um, we need to end cash bail. Yeah. Oh, um, completely understand. And there is a bipartisan bill um, in Congress with Rand Paul yeah. <laughs> and Kamala Harris, um, and I would love to see that go through. Um, I also think you mentioned reentry. Yes. Um, I think that's yeah. definitely something we can't just talk about closing the for-profit prisons without talking about how we're going to help those people transition to make our economy. Um, you talked about how that would benefit our economy, yeah. and I think we need to talk about um, the process. Um, because there's a lot of these people maybe don't have, you know, the education that would, you know what I mean? They maybe didn't graduate high school yeah. and, and things like that. And, and Kamala um, started back on track when she was Attorney General of California, and it became a national model uh, for reentry programs across the country. I think um, the drugs, it's um, going off of that. Mm -hmm. It's, for a lot of people, the reason it's such an epidemic is it's a way out. A drug, when people yeah. are living these awful unfulfilled lives where they're losing their jobs they're they're not getting proper educations it's like it's so difficult for them in our in our world in our society they turn to they turn to alcohol they turn they turn to and they turn to heavier drugs like yeah. like heroin and cocaine as a way out and so we need to take a longer look not only at how to stop people who are already addicted and like helping them but also why are people addicted how do we create a better society mm -hmm. that um that functions better, and that and that goes into every aspect yeah. of our society. It goes into the workplace. It goes into the community. It goes into our family structure, and we need to look at all of it if we want to truly solve the issue.
All right, my, my question then, Nick, is this is for you. Do you think part of what would help uh, the war on drugs, would it be, I know Obama did this when he was in office, is that we pardon lesser drug offenses like use of marijuana or something, we pardon those offenses? Well, yeah, um, with marijuana, I think as long as you, if you have a, if you were, if you went to jail or you have a criminal charge on your record because you possess marijuana, it should be removed, no questions asked. I, I also, I don't think, quite frankly, it would be a bad idea to completely decriminalize drug use and instead replace, if you are discovered with a drug, you are forced into a rehabilitation um, program. Obviously, of course, if you're dealing drugs, you would, if you're producing drugs, still illegal. But I think it, I think it would be smart of us to turn a, to stop completely looking at it as a criminal action and instead looking at it as a health issue. Fair enough. You wouldn't arrest someone for having the flu, basically. And I think it should be the same. All right. I get that. All right, unless there's anything else on drugs, I guess we can move on to the next question, which is, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on illegal immigration, i.e., should illegal aliens be given the same rights as citizens, uh, citizenship, et cetera? Um, Well, starting, I think, first of all, our, um, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, it doesn't say you have to be an American citizen for this to apply. Every illegal, every person, whether they're from the United States, whether they're from another country, whether they're here legally or not, deserves every single one of those rights. And when we look at our border, when we look at the concentration camps on our border, because that's what they are, the concentration camps, they function exactly like the ones in, um, in Germany during World War II did. Um, that those are violations of human rights, and it it's it's illegal. So I, it is just absurd that it could continue like it is in the public eye. But um, but across from that, th- we need to look at illegal immigration and why it happens so much for two reasons. The first one is how difficult legal immigration is. I believe the statistic is it costs around forty thousand dollars per person to emigrate to the United States. For, for a person moving from a poor co- country, especially in Latin America, so like in, in Central America, you can't pay that. You can't afford that. That isn't a, a fee that is possible, especially when you're fleeing from a crisis in your country where you need expedited, um, expedited entry into the country. Um, also, it's very important. We need to look at why there is such an illegal immigration crisis. And when we, when we trace it back, when we say, we go back to these countries, why there's so much unrest, as we see a lot of it is because of these coups orchestrated by the United States government during the 20th century in a lot of these, um, in a lot of these South American countries. So if we want to genu- actually stop this, what we need to do is we need to take a long, hard look at um, our actions in these countries in the past, look at the unrest that we've caused, and um, we need to use our power as a world superpower to help these countries get back on their feet, establish a stable democracy and economy. So, yeah, I I agree. I think that we, I mean, our country has had immigrants since... Day one. Day one. (laughs) We we need to treat people with respect. I mean, that's got to be the first thing. And I know that sounds super, like, elementary. Like, there's so many, like policy plans and bigger ways to fix it, but that's a fundamental thing I think automatically just needs to happen is we need to stop with the 
negative culture and stereotypes around immigrants. Um, I think that we need to close the, or at least reform the detention centers on our borders um, because they do have a lot of, in, they have inadequate resources for those who are there and they're being detained for far longer than they need to be. Um, it, that right there, I mean, it also can be talked about as a, as a public health problem. I mean, these people are in unsanitary places. They're not receiving adequate food or water or hygiene, and, and that that needs to be fixed. That is cruel. Um, um, if uh, I just talk about ICE real quick yeah. um, and the detention centers. Uh, those, the um, ICE, ICE was created after 9-11 mm -hmm. as part of the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, basically, to be quite frank, out of fear-mongering, towards immigrants after a terrorist attack committed by immigrants. Um, there, was, there was adequate border security before September 11, 2001. Um, and so, quite frankly, when you actually look at the facts, there is no reason for ICE to exist. I believe it should be abolished. Uh, and I also believe that the Department of Homeland Security should be merged into the Department of Defense um, because it has no real purpose. Um, other than, uh, it basically, it was, I don't want to say it has no real purpose, but it, um, it was basically a department created out of a mass public fear after a terrifying event, and it was never supposed to exist for very long anyways. It was mostly um, created to deal with the immediate effects of the war on terror. And sorry, and you can no, continue. No, you're good. Um, just off of what you said, the abolishing ICE, like, that is something I'm open to, um, like learning more about because I think I need to educate myself more before I comment directly on that. Um, but I think border security is super important, and I don't know how you know abolishing yeah. ICE would directly correlate with with our border security. But you know, we we need to have a strong we need to have strong border security, but it just can't be at the expense of others. Um, and we need to. You said you mentioned earlier looking at why people are fleeing countries, and I think that comes into using. Um, diplomatic relations to to fix the areas where violence um, and and crime run everything um, and create such harsh areas and and ruin communities that people are traveling so far with just n with nothing and trying to carry their children for a better life. I mean that yeah you know we we need to look at how we can help those countries um, fix the issues they have at home. And I also think that we should talk about DACA, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally um, especially there. It's in the Supreme Court exactly. right now. There. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, what? I really looked. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I definitely, I support it. I think it is a great way to, to tri what? Oh, everybody's looking. <laughs> I don't like it. To um, transition those. Um, Im um, yeah, I get, yeah, yeah, I get yeah. what you're trying to say. Yes. Yeah, um, I think especially when, when we're looking at immigration in general, all you hear about is the border, the border, the border. But here's the thing. Most illegal immigration doesn't happen at, in, in the middle of a desert at the border. M more, a majority of, of illegal immigration happens because immigrants fly here on planes or they drive over the border legally and then they just overstay their visa or they overstay their vacation. That is how a majority of it happens. So if you actually want to deal with the issue, building a wall, obviously none of it, no one here supports a wall, but building a wall won't do it. It's just a big symbol that means nothing and wastes money.
Okay, um, so yeah, I agree that like illegal immigration is obviously a big problem and Donald Trump has not addressed it in the right way. Mm-hmm. I think they haven't really talked much about like how he separated children from their parents and that is just awful. I mean, it's a terrible policy. It's, it's like it's to, a violation to, of human like, rights. To take someone away. And like I just heard that there are kids being, who are essentially adopted out to different families. Mm-hmm. Like they don't even... And their parents had no control over that. Their parents were deported back to their country. And that is not what the United States should stand for when we say we, like, support families and whatever. Um, I would disagree with the characterization of the detention centers as concentration camps because I don't think it's fair to say that they are concentration camps when, I mean, the German concentration camps, thousands of people were murdered each day. And while there is a lot of injustice happening, um, that they're not concentration camps. Well, I mean, concentration camp, it's, it's a certain description of, of a type of location. Um, not every, like, it's like, for instance, we had, or I don't want to say we, I didn't, um, but the United States had concentration camps in the 1940s full of Japanese Americans. And th- those were concentration camps because they held a, um, a certain population um, Despite the fact that um, they, it, it, especially when you look at the violation of human rights, I think it fits the concentration camp, and I really feel like no one, no one gains anything by saying anything different. I well, the thing is though too, like when people in America think of a concentration camp, they think of the Nazis murdering people. Yeah. They don't think of a place where people are detained. So I do think it, it makes. That's what I think causes some people to get so angry is they feel like we are accusing the U.S. government of murdering people like that. And, I mean, it is unjust the way they're treating them, but they're not murdering them. That is, uh, I mean, I think that brings up a larger point about, like, the United States is capable of doing bad things. They have often, and I feel like it's important as a, as a patriot of this country, it's important to be able to criticize that and say, this is wrong. This is wrong. I'm going to call this what it is. I'm going to say, you need to stop this. This is not something I'm proud of. This doesn't represent me. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> um, what else? Okay. Um, yeah, I think we need more border security, obviously. You know, I don't think people should be able to illegally immigrate into America, like illegally enter America, because... For, I mean, if someone is truly dangerous, we don't want them coming without us knowing about them. But I also think, obviously, we need to make the immigration process easier, especially for people who are poor in other countries. You know, America was started with people who were poor, really. Like, most of my ancestors who came here were not wealthy when they came. So, And, I mean, many of the people who were poor when they came to the United States contribute so much to our country. Like, if every person in this country who is here illegally was deported tonight, our country would lose so much tomorrow. We would lose so many, like, employees, so many students. Like, it would not benefit us in any way. So, yeah. And obviously, I think DACA needs to stay. I really hope the Supreme Court does not get rid of it. That would just... I mean, that would harm so many people's lives who aren't done nothing wrong. They, I mean, it's not their fault in any way. I mean, point blank, we made a promise to them. 
Exactly. And it's yes. who are we to break it? Yeah, and they're contributing to our economy. They're yeah. contributing to our society and our, but, I mean, our like country. The, I mean, it's like they're they're here to yeah. to, to work and to learn and to to. They do everything that an American citizen does. Mm-hmm. Yep. Every single thing. So. Also, I would ask, since you say you want to abolish ICE, what would you say is the new solution? Well, the thing is, we have we have border security. They um, each um, each state on the border they have specific measures in place. We also have federal border security that isn't a part of ICE. ICE is ICE was created um, as part of the Department of Homeland Security to address um, dangerous immigrants, but it's kind of expanded its role into a place it doesn't need to be. I mean, I get that, but at the same time, ICE has done good work in capturing people, or not capturing, but arresting, arresting, yeah, yeah, yeah. people who have done bad things. And I don't think it's fair to characterize it like every person in ICE is evil or has these, like, bad intentions. I mean, they have done good things. I don't know. I just, I think for some point it's like, at one point, you say, when you see all the bad apples, do you just say, this tree is bad? And I feel like, I feel like we've reached that point with ICE. And that's it for immigration. Anyone have any more comments? All right, moving on a bit to Trump. What are your thoughts on the impeachment proceedings that have been um, occurring in these past few weeks? Um, I mean, I think quite, like, I, I, from everything I've seen, Trump did something wrong. He did something that you're not allowed to do as president of the United States. If we're going to be a country who believes that we're a democracy, it's probably in our best interest to say, you don't get to do that, and if you do, you're, you're gone. Um, I mean, and even, before, I mean, even around that, it's like, there's a million things I think you could say, this isn't allowed to do. You can't be president because of this. I think it's good that we're focusing on this, but quite frankly, I would like to see, I, would like, I think the impeachment should also consider the emoluments clause and how he has just blatantly used the presidency to enrich himself and I think also we should look at Russia and whether he was using um, foreign influence to affect our election, because that's not allowed either. Um, so, yeah, with impeachment, I, I think there's nothing wrong with an inquiry when we have enough evidence and we have a basis to question his actions. I think that all of, all, everything that has come to light over the last three years that has pointed to some sort of wrongdoing by Donald Trump. It, it, we deserve an inquiry. We deserve to find out exactly what happened, and is he to blame for it? What did he do wrong? And I think that's, I mean, I think everybody, not everybody, I think a lot of people um, associate removal from office directly with impeachment, when you can be impeached without being removed from office. So it's not, this isn't always like, okay, the, the Democrats, the people on the left, they just want him out of office because they can't accept that their candidate lost. Yeah. Well, like it's, no one it's ever tried to impeach that. George Bush or right. George H.W. Bush or, right. or Ronald Reagan. Yes. It's like, they didn't, because they didn't break the law. No. But it's like at a certain point you have to say, you can't do this. Yeah. There's, there's, we wrote the Constitution for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the inquiry is, is just an opportunity for us to get all the answers and in, investigate you know, the wrongdoings of our president. And if he did nothing wrong, there should be no problem. Yeah. If if all the evidence comes forward and, and it's it's obvious Donald Trump didn't do anything, I hope they vote not to impeach him. Yeah. Because I don't think we should remove the leader of our president or our country all willy-nilly. But right. 
But I believe from everything I've seen that Donald Trump did something wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I would like to see the evidence come forward to prove that. Yeah. I mean, it is Donald Trump. Like, he definitely <laughs> did something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, obviously, if they can't find evidence, they shouldn't, like, impeach and remove right. him. But, I mean, I, there's no way he has not done something. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Yeah. The, with the amount of stuff he says, that is just, I just, and even, like, with the, I think there was something, like, Mike Pence went on this trip to Ireland or the UK. Yeah, yeah, he went And to he, like, stayed took, and hotel. he stayed at, like, a Trump hotel and it cost the taxpayers, like, thousands of dollars. That's not right either. Yeah. I, like, and I just feel like if we don't impeach someone who commits crimes, then the next president is just going to do the same thing. Yeah, we need to have... We need to have principles. We need to stick yeah. to our American values. We need to know the difference between right, right and wrong. And the president is held to a higher moral standard. Yeah. And I think you are a public servant. You got to act like it. Yeah. I was just having this conversation with someone yesterday that I, I just keep waiting for. When is it going to be enough? Yeah. Him on the campaign trail, mocking a reporter with a disability. Yeah. Why was that not enough? The over twenty allegations of sexual assault. Why is that not the enough? literal recording just, of saying? I committed sexual assault. I yes. grabbed her by a place. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's outraging. And it's, it's frankly very terrifying. Yeah. I think that this behavior is being normalized because he is such yeah. a, he's in a position of power. And it's, it's terrifying to think that all the things he has said, all of his actions show that he's capable of this. Why is he not capable of, of cheating even more? That's why and I think it's so important that we do these impeachment proceedings yeah. and that we, if there, if they don't, if it doesn't happen, we vote them out of office in 2020 because we need to say, we don't, we don't like this. Mm -hmm. We don't like this. Mm -hmm. This isn't what we represent. Yeah. Anything else? No. All right. Due to time, I think we can just end the recording here. But uh, thank you, all three of you, for doing this, and thank you, Emily, for thank you, Emily, for assisting me with co-hosting, and also. Shout out to Andrew Silly, who is officially my podcast editor and is actually editing for me now. So shout out to Andrew. But yeah, thanks to you three for doing this. Thank and you. Thank yeah. you. Let's do this again around the caucuses, huh? Yeah, yeah let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, and anybody who wants to get inv involved with either of our campaigns. Yeah. Um, Let us know. We're definitely people who can reach out to. Nick Knockman on Instagram or <laughs> wherever Aimed else. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So feel free to <laughs> feel free to talk to them if you are interested in doing what they're doing as well. But, uh, but yeah, or just learning more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. And so it's so important now more than ever. Yeah, and seniors, it will be your first caucus that you can participate in. And um, please register. Please, please yeah. register to vote. <laughs> yeah, some of the juniors can too. Yeah, so. I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. So yeah, if you have any questions about that, too, contact mm -hmm. one of us. Oh yeah, for we'll sure. Get you what you need to know. I'm sure they will. But uh but yeah, I think that's that's about it. So thanks for listening. Bye.